On today's show, we are buying and selling NBA win total over-unders based on BetOnline odds and ESPN's latest projections. Will the Lakers outperform expectations, and will the Warriors really struggle to even make the playoffs? All of that and much more coming up next. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked on NBA Friday, your daily podcast on the NBA. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Marez. We got a fun one today. Uh, we're going to take a look at the bet online win total over-unders and do a little buy or sell, classic radio segment, Adam, uh, buy or sell <laughs> with teams in each conference. Uh, also good timing on us because ESPN's uh, – Win projections just came out, the ones that are done by Kevin Pelton every year as we get into the NBA regular season. So we're going to look at both. We're going to go off the bet online stuff. We're going to reference the ESPN projections. All going to be really interesting. We're going to start in the Western Conference, Adam. Who are you buying? I am buying the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have a good line. I think people, uh, you know, people are a little curious. 48 and a half wins would yeah. be a good bump for them, but I'm buying it. Wes. I think this is going to be a regular season juggernaut. I, I, juggernaut might be a little strong. They're going to be I, good. I love it. They won 46 games last year. Obviously, they're adding Rudy Gobert. Um, I, we, did, we did an exercise a few weeks ago about trying to project the top 10 offenses in the league by offensive rating, and the same thing for defense. And I think we both had Minnesota somewhere in the top 10 on offense, somewhere in the top 10 on defense. Yeah. So them, be, them kind of going – what do, what do we take? We take three wins more than they won last year. Right. You know, it, you can't necessarily do that year to year. It doesn't really work that way. But I love Minnesota's youth. If Anthony Edwards takes a step, I'm buying Minnesota too. I love it. I love the pick. When, if we look at the Kevin Pelton where he, you know, he has his model and then he does the projections there. One of the things that really stands out is that he sees the West being very flat. There's no, you know, 60 win teams. There's no 55 win teams. Everybody's kind of in that 51 to 46 range. Right. So that's part of why I think these win totals are as low as they are. Nonetheless, if there is a team that I think can separate themselves from the pile or from the pack, just based on like having tough matchups, like enough tough matchups, it's Minnesota. I don't know. That means that they're going to be a great team, but I do think that they will be a team that just causes people a lot of problems. Even if this line was set at 50, I think I would still take the over. I, wow. I love Minnesota as a regular season team. I have no idea what's going to happen in the playoffs. I have no clue. That doesn't matter. What, what, That's not what this is about. How many wins would shock you at the end of the year? What would? How high does that number have to be for before you're surprised? Like 54, 55. Okay. I would be really, really surprised. You know, like what okay. Memphis did last year, winning 56 games. That to me right. would be surprising. You know. Okay. There you uh, go. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just. I'm gonna buy the Lakers, and I can't believe I'm doing oh. this. You know what? I know I, I've already told people that I'm buying the Kings because their win their bet online win total is set at 34. I think they're making the playoffs. I think they'll make the play in. I should say, um, but we'll see. That's a fake. That's a fake prediction, but kind of real. <laughs> um, the Pelicans, I really like. Bet online has them at 45 wins, though. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not sure if I, how much money I want to spend on it. I would put big money on the Lakers. Their win total is set at 44 and a half. ESPN, Kevin Pelton's projections has them winning uh 36.8 games on average so if, if they were going to eclipse that 44 and a half they would be really surpassing projections uh by by kevin belton but look i'm just going to come down to this man lebron is still really good i think anthony davis is going to have a bounce back year if only because last year it couldn't have gotten much worse for anthony davis don't I think lie that dude is don't lie i know what you're doing here 
you are buying the media day hype of Anthony Davis and all of his proclamations. You're buying it. I am a little bit though. <laughs> I am. I am because I, I think like, I love how Anthony Davis and LeBron are coming out and talking about, they're not talking about fit with Russell Westbrook. They're not talking about winning a yeah, championship. Yeah. Even they're just talking about, Hey, we just want to be available. And I, and I kind of like that being the priority <laughs> for both of them. But the thing is when they're available, they're really, really like the Lakers are really good. And we could talk about their their offseason moves, whether you liked them or didn't. They never moved Russell Westbrook, all this stuff. But, like, LeBron is really good. Anthony Davis is really good. They missed a combined 68 games last season. I just don't see that happening again. I just don't yeah. see them missing 68 games again. And so yeah, we'll if you see. get moderate bounce backs from both of them and they're available for 60 games each, I think they'll easily win 44 and a half games. I think they're going to easily hit Do that over. Here's an interesting question. Do you think they can have the intimidation factor? Because I think a few years back, you had LeBron, Anthony Davis, two top, I don't know, six, seven players at that time in the league. And there was a bit of an intimidation factor. I just wonder, are teams going to be intimidated of the Lakers this year? I don't think anybody's intimidated by Anthony Davis right now, but I still, yeah. I still think LeBron is LeBron. So I don't know mm. how big that intimidation factor is and if that matters, but um, I think people are intimidated by him. And then you got Patrick Beverly doing Patrick Beverly things. Like you never know when he's gonna <laughs> try to like roll your ankle over and tear your ACL. So Pat Beverly, man, the, the way we talk about him now as opposed to like two seasons ago is so wild. I think he's gonna be the Pat Beverly of two seasons ago. Did you see that quote about him? He was asked about potentially cutting off the ball, and he was talking about, hey, I'm not really a cutter. I'm a three point shooter. I'm like a forty percent catch and shoot guy. And he start he's talking to a reporter, and he goes. It'd be, like, you're a reporter, right? It would be like asking you to be a fireman. The stats don't say that you're a good fireman. The stats say that you're a reporter. So I'm wow. not going to be cutting anytime. I have no idea what that uh, means. It, it, uh, it, it like it almost barely kind of makes sense. <laughs> I mean, that, that was not cutting. I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Um, join the club. I don't think Russell Westbrook is cutting either. So that'll be good for their backcourt. Um, who are you going to sell? Selling out west, this one was easy for me. I'm selling the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, there's yeah. we're gonna get to this a little bit later, but you know, we're we, at the end of the show when we do the bad vibes power ranking, <clears throat> Phoenix may make an appearance. I'm not gonna say they for sure will, but they may make an appearance. 52 and a half wins, it was yeah. easy for them last year. Jay Crowder, not there. DeAndre Ayton, passive aggressive at best. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's just over for a team. And Phoenix is a team where if they got out, if you told me in their first 10 games they were at four and six or three and seven, is that a team that can survive a slow start? Or is that a team that's just waiting for an excuse to implode? To me, I think it's the latter. So I'm buying the under. They won 64 games last year. <laughs> they're, they're under, their over under is set at 52 and a half. So for your under to hit, they're going to have to lose 11 games that they did not lose last season. They're gonna have to. They're gonna go from 64 wins last year to 51 wins th this year for a team with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and all the contract things. He's still really good. That is a complete team that is well coached. That is unbelievable to me that you're taking the under. And yet I'm with you, Adam. I am with you. I hate the vibes happening in Phoenix. I I think you look at teams that won 52 to 48 games last year. You got Dallas, Utah, Denver, Minnesota, 146. It wouldn't shock me if Phoenix was more in that range. Uh, I think you're right. Sometimes when it's over, it just it gets over real quick. You know, just because you won 64 games one year doesn't mean. But you took the Suns, so I'll take somebody else. And I know that uh, listeners uh, of Lockdown Warriors and my old Warriors uh, listeners won't appreciate this, but I am gonna go ahead and sell the Warriors. They're over under total. Their over under wow. total is set at 52 wins. 
They won 53 um, games in their championship season last year. That, to me, is a really high over-under. To me, it's a little bit of public kind of hedging by Vegas to set that at 52. I like the Warriors a lot. I think they're going to win a bunch of games. I just... I was trying to find somebody other than Phoenix to go to. And look, ESPN, according to Kevin Pelton, his projection is 41.9 wins for the Warriors. Now, even <laughs> Pelton, in writing that article, basically said, you know, they're losing Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter, who I guess in just the advanced analytics that Kevin Pelton is using were worth a whole lot of wins. I think Otto Porter and GP2 are awesome. I don't think that they were worth, you know, basically 12 wins, according to, to Pelton's projections. But um, look, I think that they're going to play a lot of their rookies. They replaced Otto Porter and Gary Payton a little bit, but they lost more veterans and they brought back with DiVincenzo and Jamichael Green and those guys. Uh, and I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. For me, if they're going to surpass 52 wins, that means that you're betting on health for Steph, Draymond, and Clay basically all season and for them to carry those young guys through those steep learning curves that they're going to face. I'm not saying they can't do it, but if I'm a, all I'm saying is if I'm actually trying to put money down, I think the under is actually a pretty nice pay on the Warriors where you're basically saying, look, if if Clay or Draymond miss 15 to 20 games or something like that, they can easily win 49 games. And I still think the Warriors can win the whole thing this year, but I'm just trying to find some value on an under, and that's where I ended up. I think it's a good bet. A funny, like, this is a small thing. The Warriors obviously receiving their rings on opening night. They have kind of a difficult schedule to open. As all marquee teams, usually they try to match you up early on to build excitement for the, the season. But they're also... Across the pond right now, across the Pacific, yeah. uh, right now, big and pond. This is a trend. Every year, every other year, some team goes over to Japan or China or somewhere over there, and they get off to slow start because that is the hardest transition to make when you're literally halfway around the world. You spend your training camp there. You have to come back and reacclimate. On top of that, you have the rookies. I think the Warriors. I'm with you. I think they get off to a bit of a slow start, and that win total to me is a little bit high. Again, I, you can't do the year over year thing. I think everybody's winning if a little bit less games. Everybody's healthier this year, so it's going to be more competitive. So I, I'm with you. Deep, I would take man. Under. Like if we think Minnesota and New Orleans and maybe even yeah. Sacramento are going to make big pushes. Denver, this is Denver, the Clippers. I mean, yep. it's going to be a lot harder to just win games in the Western Conference. Um, look, if you guys like our win total over under uh, projections and our bets, uh, no better place than to place those bets than at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting information this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing golf and like we're talking about here the nba futures and nba win total over unders if you like what you are hearing if you are motivated by us to maybe put a little cash on some of these win totals do it at bet online head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts back here with locked on nba west goldberg with adam Mares. we are doing the win total over unders looking at bet online's uh over-unders and ESPN's win projections based on Kevin Pelton's calculations. We just did the Western Conference. We're moving now to the Eastern Conference. Later on, we'll talk about vibe checks from media day around the NBA. But, Adam, who are you buying in the Western Conference? Who am I buying? Wait, in, in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference, we already did yeah. The last, yeah. 
I'm buying the 76ers. We've seen the pictures of James Harden. We know he had the down year last year. Pivotal years. He's going to get back in shape. He looks great. This is a team that was built. Again, they kind of remind me of Minnesota, you know, only in the Eastern Conference. They're designed to win regular season games. I think they'll be a tougher out in the playoffs. I, I think Minnesota maybe is more of a question mark in the playoffs next year. But to me, this is a team that is going to, how do you match up with Joel Embiid? How do you match up with James Harden? They got some space. You got Tyree Mac- Tyreek's Maxi still there. I just think they're going to be a great regular season team. Um, even if you were to lose, say, a James Harden, you have Embiid. The team kind of transitions right. a little bit, a little bit more through Embiid. Who's Embiid? You got James Harden still. So I think this is a regular season powerhouse, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were the one seed in the East. Over-under for them is set at 50 and a half wins. Pelton's got them at what? 48.3? projected yeah. I, i'm taking the over on that too that's exactly who i wrote down i'm gonna go I'm, i want to talk a little bit more about philly because i think there's gonna be a lot of conversation about hey you've got harden and you've got Embiid. you've got Embiid maybe trying to go for another mvp caliber campaign extra motivated after i've lost in, uh, after losing to Jokic at mvp for the second straight season you've got james harden looking good recommitted taking a salary cut team first james harden a whole new version of james harden that we had not seen before i'm buying all of it um, I also think that there's going to be talk about perhaps staggering those guys. If you have one of Embiid, one of Harden always on the floor, you always have a great offense. But I really want to see them play a lot of minutes together too because I think there's enough depth there where even if you took them yeah. both off the floor, you can run the offense like against second units through Maxi and Tobias Harris. I, I think that's fine offensively. And defensively, they've got enough guys coming off the bench. You've got P.J. Tucker you just added, Anthony Melton, Danielle House. Like you got these guys who I think were really good depth pieces for them. But if you put Harden and Embiid together for a substantial part of the game, they they scored 1.15 points per pick and roll last season <laughs> together. That's insane. That's an insane yeah. figure. It's unstoppable, in other words. So and I, that was I with really a hope puffy James Harden together a lot. That was with puffy James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what that could be with a nice slim down yeah. James Harden. You've also got I like D'Anthony Melton. I like George Niang. Um, and then they've got some guys a little bit further down. Isaiah Joe, maybe this is a year he breaks out. Um, Paul Reed, maybe this is a year he breaks out. Yeah. But I just think they have guys that I like. Obviously, PJ Tucker there. We'll see what he's got left in the tank. But I I just think it's a regular season juggernaut. Uh shout out to Orlando Magic. Your over-under was set at 27. I'm going to the over, man. I'm banging the over on the magic. I love Paolo Bencaro. I think he's worth 27 wins all by himself. Wow. <laughs> The rookie's worth 27 alone. I like it. Um, who are you selling? Uh, let me see here. Oh, man, I hate to do this. Do selling it. the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. What Chicago is their over got under? off to 41 a, and a half or something? Yeah, it's really low, but they got off to a great start last year, and then everyone got injured, and they were not very good. Marta Rosen had a career year. Career year last year. Yeah. A lot of things broke right early, and when they winners. broke bad – they broke really, really bad. Well, guess who's not available to start the season? Of course, Lonzo Ball, who might be out for all of the season. The reports today are only he should be returning at some point, but we'll wait and see. A second surgery, you know, in just a, a two-week period or something is never a good sign. This is a team to me that I worry they are going to, to you know, crash before they ever fully took off. And that, that's kind of where I think uh, that that's part of why I feel comfortable taking the under. Yeah, the Lonzo Ball stuff just keeps getting worse and worse, doesn't it? And you've got one more year. DeRon DeRozan is aging. Isn't it like Vucevic in a contract year? That could be a weird thing hovering over the team. They really kind of need Patrick Williams to break out eventually. Everybody in Chicago says that it's going to happen. We'll see. I'm with you. 41 and a half, though, is really low. I But I, I kind of feel like you might be right. You've got other teams ascending in the Eastern Conference. 
it might be really hard for Chicago to reach even 500 this year, but we'll see. I'm going to go ahead and, and sell the, the Celtics. They're over under a set yeah, at 54 yeah. wins. You mentioned Phoenix in the first segment, Adam. This is this is Phoenix Eastern mm. Conference right now. Mm. It's just you're, they'll probably make an appearance in your bad vibes check, I would imagine. But <laughs> not just the vibes, not just the Ime Udoka stuff, Adam. But like 54 wins is a lot of wins. That is a big number uh, in a competitive Eastern Conference, and that's basically assuming that everything that broke right last year for Boston breaks right this year for Boston. Mm. At, like their ceiling is probably what like 60 wins or something like that even with the Udoka stuff uh and being considered but you know you've already got Danilo Gallinari out for basically the entire season with his ACL right I, I don't trust Malcolm Brogdon Rob to stay Will. healthy uh you gotta you're, you're basically banking on Robert Williams coming back and being what he was and not getting hurt again that and he's already dealing with surgery and stuff like that yeah when you already start the season with an injury you're already kind of yeah. behind the the luck eight ball there so I'm going to just, I'm, I'm banging the under on Boston, not to say that they can't, like if they surpassed 54 wins, it wouldn't shock me. That's a big number for a team that's already in a little bit of disarray. And the other one is Brooklyn, man, 50 and a half wins. They're over under. I mean, come on. We're still doing this with the Brooklyn Nets. ESPN has it at 45.6 as a projection. I think it's closer to that than 50 games. I am a stay away from Brooklyn. They're, they're, Fair. they're just chaos, man. They're chaos. You don't, and it could be chaos in a positive win total direction. If everything works right, I mean, Ben Simmons is a heck of a player. This could be a big Ben Simmons breakout year, in my opinion, but it could also not be just as easily not be that. So <laughs> Steve Nash me, saying he doesn't even away. care if Ben Simmons shoots at all. So I think he's change. right about that, by the way. I yeah, think he's I'm right. I think it's yeah, a good I think message. He, the, uh, there's other issues in Ben Simmons' game that he should focus in on, but other than the shooting, his availability. First and foremost, and that's but even just his finishing at the rim, his willingness sure. to get fouled and go to the line, his like aggressive. I mean, he should be a guy that plays something similar to Giannis in terms of how much pressure he puts on the paint and the three point shooting. Look, you know, you got plenty of three point shooters over there. Look, I don't think Brooklyn will be a total disappointment. I don't think it'll be a total dumpster fire. You got Kyrie Irving in a contract year. He's going to be motivated to play now. If ever he would be, I'm not going to pretend to know what motivates Kyrie Irving, but I would imagine money would be somewhere on that list um kevin durant you know he wants to be available as always uh and when he was playing the the nets were awesome last year right and so if things are rolling things could roll in a really good way if this over under was set at like 47 and a half i probably would have taken the over but given that it's 50 and a half i'm going under i think this team ends up somewhere between 48 and 49 wins but i don't know it just it seems all right uh, i don't it's just a little bit of an inflated number to me anybody else you want to talk about in the east no, wrap. Uh, I had a for buying Raptors were another team I kind of am buying. I just I buy the Raptors culture. I buy Scotty Barnes making a, a leap. Um, they're they're a team I probably would have would have put in the list of, 46, of buy candidates. Forty six point five wins for them. Cleveland too is really good. I like I like them. I, I think they can come in right over that. And then Cleveland too at forty six and a half wins. There's just so much talent. Or I'm sorry, they're forty seven and a half wins. I just there's a lot of talent there. Um, but, and if you get another lead from Evan Mobley, they could, they could be like the Memphis Grizzlies of this season in the Eastern Conference. I could see it. I could see that. You know what I mean? Um, all right, let's get to our vibe checks in the next segment. Who says the worst vibes after media day? Can't wait for this <laughs> coming up next locked on NBA. All right, back here, locked on NBA. It's Friday, which means we are counting down to the weekend, Adam. You want to do a yeah. vibe check after media day. So you've got five teams with the worst vibes. Where do you want to start? Well, I'm going to start with my honorable mention. 
and they are a team that you took the over on. Oh my God, I can't believe you took a team that had vibes, the Los Angeles Lakers. You are buying all of this, um, you know, cleaning of polishing of turds that came out of Media Day with Russell Westbrook saying, you know, it doesn't matter if the team doesn't want me. And it doesn't matter if my coach doesn't believe in me. I still go out there and play because it's my job. Like, what? No, that's not if a I'm gonna, look. It's a lot of BS, but if I'm going to believe that BS coming from anybody, it would be Russell Westbrook, where he would just, like, he's going to start screening in spite of his own team or something like that. Well, I don't know. The worst one to me is actually Anthony Davis, who was complaining that he didn't get Defensive Player of the Year in 2020. And nothing says you're ready for the 2022-23 season, like talking about a season two years ago. Um, so I... To me, they're they, but they didn't make the cut. They're still number six. Okay, they're good. only an right. honorable mention. For me, number five, five teams. number yeah, number five has to be Chicago. And this one is yeah. more of just the Lonzo Ball news is just a bummer, man. And yeah. Lonzo's one of those players to me that connected that team, made me excited about that team. And just not having them, I think their ceiling is meaningfully lower. Ayu Desumu in his second year now steps into a much larger role. Uh, pressure on Zach Levine, who hasn't necessarily had the healthiest of runs. So Demar Derozan, I just to me that's a team that had some promise and it, it seems like that promise has faded a little. I'm with you. Uh, the Lonzo ball thing is just a complete bummer. He was such a connector for everything that that team did. You need a guy who can make threes and play defense and get out and transition. And without that guy, they're going to be sort of a stagnant half court offense. That doesn't really defend all that well. And they're probably not going to win 42 games uh, like, like bet online. Yeah. So Chicago, I'm, I'm buying it as bad vibes. Number four for me, and I could be wrong on this one. We'll see. We gotta we gotta give it another week. But early on, I'm gonna say the Brooklyn Nets. Can they get over it? You know, you have, oh there you go, the sad trombone. You have guys that like um, you know, Steve Nash, who has to go out there and pretend, you know, that these guys didn't try to get him fired. And no, oh, you know, because family, it happens. Sometimes there's squabbles and families. Like, come on, man, come this on. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that's bad vibe. Now. They do seem to be like leaning into this of like, all right, now somehow they've turned the team, a super team into a nobody believes in us team. Uh, yeah. And maybe that'll work for them. But I'm gonna, I have to start them out here. Um, look, I love watching Kevin Durant play. He's an incredible basketball player. What I'm about to say has nothing to do with that. But he is just sort of a bad vibes guy, right? Every, bad yeah. vibes followed him with the Warriors and out of Golden State. And, and there's just been bad vibes in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving. Not great vibes, you know? I think he's trying to be a good vibes guy with whatever it is that he's doing, but people around him just roll their eyes at him. We've heard those, we've seen those reports, right? Um, yeah. That's a bad, Ben Simmons, man. Like, you know, and that's not to say anything about the mental health issues, but like, not the best vibes for Ben Simmons the last <laughs> couple of years. Not the best vibes. That is a bad vibes team. I, I'm with you there. Number three is a shocker. Number yeah, three, Brooklyn was only four, so I'm surprised. I'm going to be surprised yeah. to see who. Well, number three is the Orlando Magic, who I don't know how. But I guess you are following this closely. You're down there in Florida. They have missed two of their first three days of training camp because of the storm. They just can't yes. practice. So I have to say, it's not bad vibes for any personality or 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 this or that. It's just there looks like they're going to miss training camp, at least yeah. large portions of it. Yeah, it's tough. You've already got you know baseball and, and college football having to reschedule stuff because of the, the storm. It's down to a tropical storm now, Hurricane Ian, but, uh, you know, bad vibes, worst vibes for everybody there on the West coast of Florida too. Uh, stay safe, everybody out there. Who's next. All right. Number two, these number one and two were a lock. You knew how this was. Yeah. You just had to decide the order. Number two, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics. 
Look, I mean, obviously you've got the Rob, well, you mentioned Gallinari, so they've already had the injury things happening, but you lose your coach like that and in that fashion and in the way that has slowly trickled out. You yeah. got this new guy at the helm. I just, I'm sorry, this team to me is in the danger zone. Can they salvage it? Can they rally around it? Sure. But if I were placing bets, as we did earlier in the show, I'm betting on them just not to be able to ride the wave that they rode, uh, you know, coming off of a trip to the NBA finals. Now oh, we're one step away. Let's complete the task. This is just completely derails it. I think they are the number two bad vibes team. The quotes from Jalen Brown from media day, basically echoing what we've been saying in the public. Like we just don't know anything. We don't have a lot of information and just a player on that team. One of your star players being like, yeah, it's, it's just hard to know where I stand because I just don't know anything. That's bad vibes, man. When your players are left in the dark like that, that, that's never a recipe for success. They want to be invested in the organization because they're the ones out there playing and working and, and all these things. So the fact that they're not, and I understand why they can't. You hear, you know, Grosbeck and all these guys basically not saying anything in press conferences because I guess legally right now they can't. I guess they can't tell their players either. The reason they were two and not one is because I think the Celtics are still going to be good. The You know, going from... The finals to NBA champion, that's a hard leap to make, but I don't necessarily think they're going to fall. I still think they're a contender. But the Phoenix yeah. Suns, my number one team, they too were a contender last year that came up short, but I think that they have much greater uh, odds to completely implode, break at the seams, all of those different things. I actually predict it will happen. I, yeah. I look at the team and I look at the quotes coming out. You know, DeAndre Ayton, did he... <laughs> You know, at media day, players can be honest. They could walk around questions. They could kind of, or they could just straight up lie. DeAndre Ayton chose to be fully honest in the worst ways. I haven't talked to Monty Williams. I haven't talked to him once since game seven, since the locker room. That was the only time I talked to him. Oh, how do you feel about getting the biggest contract of your life, generational wealth? It's fine, I guess. I don't know. Like, these he are doesn't the worst want to be there. He does not want to be there. You're absolutely right. We know that Chris Paul can wear on people when things go even a little bit south. Maybe yeah. you start to see that cantankerous side of Chris Paul start to come around a little bit. Does Devin Booker want a little bit more? Does he Is he upset with the whole Robert Sarver thing with that dark cloud that that's cast over the organization? I, I don't know that the vibes get worse than in Phoenix. You're right. The point you made about Boston, winning cures a lot of these things, right? But uh, mm. I just don't see – I see a lot more winning happening still for the Celtics than I do even with the Suns. Um, yeah, not great. I think, uh, every team has a scapegoat, you know, every team has a guy that's like, when things go wrong, oh, that guy wasn't enough. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton is too good to be that guy. And yet he's that guy in Phoenix. And I think he just knows it. He's like, guys, I just got a big contract. I'm like a top six, seven center in all of the NBA. I'm yeah. a two way center. I got a jump shot. I sacrifice. I'm willing to like play a, a bit role so that Devin Booker and Chris Paul can get open shots. And I roll hard to the rim. And yet I'm the fall guy. I just think this was a long time coming. And now that it's happened, I can't believe Phoenix didn't have the foresight to say, hey, maybe we should try to get ahead of this and do something to, to shake this team up. Yeah. And we didn't even mention Jake Crowder. Nope. And Jake Crowder is just not showing up at all. Yeah. He made a mixtape, a breakup mixtape and posted it to Instagram. He's yeah. What is this? 2003? What's going on? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Nope. People literally don't want to be there to the point where they're not showing up. It's bad vibes right now in Phoenix. I, the more we talk about it, the more I'm going to, I think I'm going to slam that under for them. That was crazy. That's crazy. Good call. Um, it is a good call.
That was a good call. Adam, as always, on Fridays, uh, great talk at NBA with you. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts. 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam over at Locked on Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and it's available wherever you get podcasts. 